welcome back to UFC Roundup. 287 is in the books, and oh, Michael, you called it. We have a new middleweight champion, and I, I, I mean, the rivalry that these two have going on back and forth. Obviously, Pereira with all the success in kickboxing, taking the belt from the champion Adesanya. Adesanya then wants the rematch, right, or rubber match, or quadrilogy, whatever we want to call it at this point, comes back and puts a stamp on it. Goes out there and lays him out cold and then has some antics with the sun, which goes back to one of their kickboxing fights, you know, four years ago, whatever it was, where his son went and mocked Adesanya afterwards. Some controversy there. We got a lot to talk about it. We're going to get right into it with the main event and talk about the new champion, Israel, and how impressive it is. After being knocked out twice by this man, everybody had Pereira as the boogeyman. He goes out there and he gets the W. Just what are your initial thoughts? Well, it's just impressive because for there's a lot of cards that were stacking against Izzy. One yeah. that we've talked about before, the hump Kamaru Usman had to get over with Leon Edwards after suffering a knockout like that. You know, that's the first time Izzy's been put out like that in MMA. So he had to get over that hump and he had to do it against the guy that's already knocked him out before and yeah. beat him a prior time to that in their first fight. So going into this fourth fight, he had so much stacked against him. And his technical prowess is what created that knockout. Because I remember in the first fight, his his reaction to the to Pajeda's pressure and power when he would kind of get going would be to get him in the clinch. And he learned the hard way in that fifth round that that's not where you want to go. You don't want to close yourself in the box with the guy that's got power punching like Alex Pajeda. So I loved how it almost looked like it was going to be the beginning of the end for him, much like in their first MMA fight, yeah. the trilogy fight. But when Pajeda goes to the long left hook, he does a good job sneaking the straight oh. shot right on oh. the inside of his hooks, sets up the finish. And then, I mean, come on, the three arrow shots. I don't care what anybody says. Everybody's like, you were mocking a child. Alex Pajeda came out and addressed it and was like, dude, my son did it to him the first time. What am I going to do about it? So, what are you going to do? What, what, what a great fight. And I think I think we, it's safe to say, I think the chapter between these two is closed. I, I think so too. And it was epic and it was awesome. And I think these guys, I, I think it's like Apollo and Rocky. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you've gone through what you've gone through, these guys have to become best friends. Like I want <laughs> them to become best friends. If Izzy ever has a family, I want those kids to become friends with Alexis kids. Yeah. Because when you've, when you've been through battles like that in two different types of combat sports and both hold W's over each other. Now, of yeah. course, but Ada has more, but yeah. the two that really count, they're really, let's say, they're one and one. And those other fights were controversial, like we talked about, where the yeah. first one, a lot of people thought Izzy actually won that fight. Yeah. But it doesn't matter now. It's over yeah. and it's done it's with. Past. It's over and done with. It's time to live in the present. Live in the present. Get yeah. some barbecue together. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I want to talk about it. It's something you hinted on there, too, is how he took what was his downfall in that first championship fight and made it a game plan and yeah. strategic to capitalize when Pajeda got too aggressive and excited. He hurt Izzy a bit, had him against yeah. the fence. It's the same place that he finished him at in their last fight. And this time, Eugene Behrman and the team down there at City K, they recognize that's the opportunity. Because what does Pajeda do? He's so powerful. He swings wide right down the middle. He said he was playing. Yeah, Morgan chimes in. He said he's playing possum. And when you go back and you watch it, you can see it. He plays the, oh, no, I'm up against the fence. He waits for those hooks to come, and he knew he was the faster athlete, and he landed right down the middle. And I also, listen, 
anybody that's never been in a combat sport, the emotions, the feelings that go through for him to be able to do that, you know, he's been waiting and thinking oh, yeah. about that. He's been brewing that one up for years. Yeah. Oh, so so, I mean, what an epic way to end this. And I, yeah. I agree with you, Michael. I think it's now let's both guys move on. I think Pareda should move up to 205. He's massive, man. There's fun fights there for him, too. I think I read a thing that says, like, on average, he walks in the octagon at, like, 219. Yeah. After He'll have no You'll do just fine at 205 pounds, and like we talked about in the in the first show, headed into this uh, this event's we, uh, this weekend's event, Jamal Hill's right there. That fight's yeah. still there. There's a storyline. There's still a lot of meat on that bone, so there's plenty of things you can do with Alex Pajeda. It's gonna be easier to find him big fights, I think, than it's is gonna be to find Israel Adesanya fights right now because he's back to being the champ in a division that he's essentially already cleaned out. And you know what? I think that's a perfect segue right now. You know, we got a new set. We're going to go right into five rounds. We want you, the fans, to become a bigger part of this show, obviously. So remember, hashtag UFC Roundup or just directly send your uh, your questions or comments or things you want us to talk about on the show to Michael or I. So let's bring it up. Let's go right into uh, uh, our fan questions or our five rounds. We will touch on that exact subject in the five rounds. That's why I don't want to get too much into it now. But uh, Morgan, let's go. Bring it up. All right. Here we go. At this point, Adesanya is running out of contenders to fight other than rematches and trilogies. What else do you think is next for the champ? Michael, you were just talking about it. Um, I'll let you start on this one. Yeah, you know, he he's you know, you get you're gonna do Robert Whitaker another time, or you're gonna do another Costa fight. Like you look at the guys at the top of the heap, and they're good fights, but do we really want to see them again? I think not. I think there's only two guys that stand out to me. One, Drigas Duplissi, and I think that that, with him getting a win over Derek Brunson in his last fight and saying some of the things that he said, he really triggered and got underneath. I wouldn't say triggered. I would say he got underneath underneath the skin of Israel Adesanya a little bit. Oh, yeah. And that's a heated rivalry that I don't even want to try to put any context to because it, it's just not my position, you know. Um, yeah. But that can have some big fight buildup. Uh, and then there's Sean Strickland. So I think for – for Izzy, I would say, hey, you and Sean can fight, and whoever wins out of you two, you guys can fight me. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, Michael, I'm looking at I'm looking at the rankings, man, and you're not wrong. I mean, there. This is a good question from the fans too, because uh, Alex, okay, Whitaker, Vittori, Cannoneer, Costa. Then you got the two guys. You got Drickus Duplissi and and Sean Strickland. And, and Shemayev's uh, not fighting. I know people say, well, what about Shemayev? It's like, well, Shemayev's. Obviously, not fight. Abu Dhabi. So yeah. I, and he, I think that the UFC and Israel himself would say, make that guy beat somebody before he gets a shot at me. Just you can't, one guy. Just, yeah, you, you can't just waltz into a title fight because you're the hottest superstar in MMA right now. You got to earn it with at least one or two fights. You know. Yeah, and one coming off a, and coming off a, a big win, but a big weight weight miss as well. Yeah. I know. Come on, you 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 got to either you got to truly be in the division. I think. Yeah, I don't care who it is. I, I don't care what rank the person is. If Shemaev goes out there and dominates, then there's there's our next guy. We, but I agree with you. He's got to fight. Hitting costs is the fight to make. You know, there's yeah. So I, I think that it's like this is a, a case where for Izzy, I think a few people need to fight and settle yeah. out, have a clear cut number one contender. And Izzy's been busy, man. He's been a guy that has never backed down. And you know, never. I want to clear something up too. Is I had one guy on 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 Twitter, and we'll get into fans coming at fighters and how it affects psyche and all that in these five rounds. But 
listen, we are our job, me and Michael here, is to pick a fighter to win. It is not personal. I am a huge fan, and Michael knows this, of Israel Adesanya. Big time. But I got to make a decision based on my my gut feeling, so that's why I picked him. But I'm beyond impressed, and um, I I don't know. You're right. He's got to wait and see who's going to fight next. You fight very frequently. Yeah. You've had a lot of stressful fights, having fought a guy twice who has had wins over you in a kickboxing. Go enjoy yourself for, for you know six months and see what's next. Yeah. I think so, too. I think that's a good move for him. What do you got yeah. next, Morgan? Let's hear it. Or let's see it, I should say. Let's, let's see, see it. it. How, do, how does Rosas Jr. grow best from this loss? Hmm. I'll take the reins on this one, too, Paul. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's a good way to bring Jorge Masvidal into the conversation. You know, my first professional loss was to Jorge Masvidal in my home state in Seattle. Uh, and you know what? It's where I gained the most lessons is I learned a lot about humility. I learned a lot about, you know, for me, going into that Jorge Masvidal fight, I had had an an opponent originally slated for me. Joe Silva calls and says, hey, you know, your guy's out. Razor Madati was out, and he stole a bunch of purses and got in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so he goes, here's a list of guys. And I was like, none of these guys are tough enough. I thought I was the man. I'm coming off Ultimate Fighter, got my first UFC win. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a little ahead of myself. And he goes, well, I got Jorge Masvidal from the street fighting days, from him fighting for the Strike Force title. So I picked that fight, and I talked a big game, and I got my butt kicked. You know, I <laughs> I went out there, I gave him hell, much like Rosas did. I had the best first round of my life, Paul. If you go back yeah. and watch that fight, did you drop him? First time I dropped somebody, yeah. hit him in a choke, I'm on fire, and it wasn't enough to put him away. And I'll never forget when he got up off the stool in the second round. He's got that look, man. Roy Masvidal's got that look. Those yeah, dark. Wash your face in, bro. <laughs> yeah, and I remember locking eyes with him and thinking, "Oh God, I gotta man, do that." Again. I had him. I'm gonna I have to do that it. again to put this guy out. So that's the that's the lesson I hope that Rosas learns from this pro loss. Is look, there's nothing wrong with having self belief that you are the best in the world. There's nothing wrong with having the affirmations that you truly believe deep down in your soul you're going to be a world champion. But you got to put some respect on the people that are ahead of you. Like Rosa yeah. jumping out being like, I'm going to be the guy to be Aljamain Sterling. Well, I'm sorry. If you can't be Christian Rodriguez, yeah, you're, you're, you, you're not going to be Aljamain Sterling. So you learn how to eat, cumb- uh, how to eat humble pie. Yeah. I almost said humble pie. That would have been really bad. <laughs> you learn how to, <laughs> you got to learn how to eat humble pie. The best, the dish best served cold. <laughs> oh, yeah. Super cold. Right yeah. out of the freezer, and you got to eat it frozen. As you yeah. how I go. <laughs> Listen, I also agree. The, the, the kid, I feel, should only grow from this. Christian yeah. Rodriguez is a former teammate. Well, I only say former because I just don't fight anymore, right? He's, yeah. he's at Rupert Sport now. He had a little stint where he was out with uh, Cejudo and those guys in Arizona. He's back with Captain Duke and working on his kickboxing. But this kid... He's got fantastic striking, but he's a sick grappler, man. Yeah, when I yeah. saw this matchup, I was like, they're shooting this kid right in the foot because either, Christian either they don't know how good Christian is or they wanted to test Rosas. It's one of the two. This this was not like, let's match this on records. It was like, it was either we're going to test Rosas or. Yeah, because Christian's a young kid too. Christian, he's, really Christian kid. he's got a baby face. He's a little older than he looks. I mean, you think yeah. he's like 20. Dicks or something like that, but he's still. I, I remember training with him before he was even able to drink, and the kid was giving me fits, bro, fits in the room, and I would have to like, you know, 
pull the pants up DC style <laughs> up over the belly button. To get in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like I'm throwing when we would spar, he'd be tagging yeah. me. So I would I remember with that kid, I would have to load up and have to put some respect on these punches to even get him to settle down for a second. Wow. So that's impressive. I knew I knew he was gonna do well. I was worried in the first round a couple times. I'm like, oh, this Rosas is slick. He's really slick. Yeah. But I knew if Christian got out of that first round, yeah, he's gonna get beat up. And that's where the lesson is most important. Now Rosas Jr. knows you're not going to put everybody away. You're going to have to dig down in that gut sometimes and pull out some cardio out of your ass. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. get, get to working in the gym against guys, hopefully, that are beating you up in the gym. That's what these young fighters have to learn. If you're beating everybody up, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You're doing it wrong. And it's one of those things, too, Paul, where, you know, I've been in the gym with Rosas. I've seen him train. I've seen his skills. He's always in shape for a fight. But when it comes down to facing adversity in a fight, when a guy is not just going to let you run over him, you have to learn how to tap into being very fatigued and continuing to push through fatigue. You yeah. have to like shut it out of your mind. Like there's been fights I've had where I am so dog tired and it's one and one getting off the stool. And I just know like you have to just you have to go until your body will shut itself off because this goes before this. So if yeah. you can learn how to fight through the, the mental battle of fatigue, you can have a good career. So I think that's another thing with, with Rawls. He's never experienced oh, somebody that's like, I'm going to get up off this stool and you're going to have to fight me tooth and nail. I'm not just going to yeah. lay over and let you submit me, you know? He's 18. He's yeah. 18. Anyway, I think me and Michael agree. Rosas will be fine as long as he doesn't get down on himself too much. With that being mm -hmm. said, Morgan, round three. Paul, out of the whole current roster – Who's the nastiest with the elbow games right now? Now, this is a good question because there's a lot of – me and Michael were talking. There's a lot of recency bias um, yeah. with this one. And, but one of the ones of the all-times – I'll start with this one. Yeah. All-time, somebody that immediately popped in, up in my head, and I think that's the answer for me to, to start with is John Jones because yeah. the first person I thought of was Johnny Bones Jones when I thought of yeah. elbows. Hitting elbows, elbows close. I remember against Rashad, he was using elbows as jabs and crosses. That's how long he is. So he has always been somebody that I think really stands out. But now, more recently, we've seen some devastating elbows. Michael, I know you brought up some, a couple of guys that were also on my mind when you when you thought of this. You know, when I talk about frequency, like somebody that uses the elbows frequently, like John Jones does, I think Calvin Cater. You go back yeah. to the you know, I thought Cater was going to lose to Chikaze. He's coming off the loss to Max Holloway. And yeah. Giga is one of these guys who was brought in similar to the way Alex was brought in. Like, let's bring in these stud kickboxers from Glory. Let's see what they got. What did Calvin do? Shut down with the elbows. But I think the person that I would pick, um, and there's a little recency bias in it, is Yair Rodriguez. I mean, yeah, the well. beginning of the end for Josh Emmett was when he threw that nice little over-the-top elbow. But we all know the elbow he's thrown that's the best one. One of the best, if not the best elbow finish of all time, was the round five K over Chang Sung Jung. Oh. He ducked and popped him. Uh, you know, Paul, you sat, you were octagon side for that, calling that fight. Yeah. And I can't imagine what that was like to see live. So I, I put Yair up in that upper echelon of guys. They are the yeah. best best utilizers of the elbows in the game. 100%. He's just got clean Muay Thai all around and that Taekwondo style kicking background. You know, another recency bias shout out I got to give with his win over Dan Hooker's Arnold Allen. Um, yeah. And he's, and again, yeah, he's coming yeah. up um, in Kansas city this weekend. 
So I think the more time that goes by in this sport evolves, you're going to see more and more guys realize that and women and Macy Barber too, is another one. I know yeah. that her last two fights, especially the fight two fights ago when she fought Jessica, she had a really good, she was really good at breaking that clinch and throwing yeah. those elbows over top. I'm sure we're forgetting a million other people, but those are our, well, we, we, I mean, if we were to bring up people not on the roster at the moment, I would say Paul Feldman. I, I, I love nothing more than trying to put my elbow through somebody's face in a fight. And I could love them before and love that guy right afterwards. But when we're in a fist fight, I always thought I don't have any pads on my shins, my knees, and my elbows. I got these little baby pads right here, and I was never much of a like a natural devastating puncher. You can relate, right? Me and you are yeah, I'm not you guys. I'll, I'll no. pepper you away, and then you wrestle yeah. on my elbow. Like I use this to get in close to do this. Yeah. I love when you bring that stuff up because it just brings a little bit of the fire out of you. You know, something oh, like, right? something so like Rogan said, blow on that ember a little bit. Make <laughs> stoke the flame a little bit. Let's stoke the flame. Well, See, I, I like, I like talking to a couple, be a little fiery. Talking to a couple coaches, I do want to uh, I do want to start cross-training a little bit with the triathlon stuff and get in get into the gym just to get more of my mu- – like I feel like I got to get a little bit bigger. There's some guys on my team, the EMJ yeah. team, that are pretty dense. And I'm like, I think I was so worried about losing the weight to be an endurance athlete that I forget that cycling is such a big part of it. And having just massive legs and weight behind that bike is not a bad thing. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. (laughs) Round four. What's next for Adrian Yanez? Man, I know. Um, He got the fast track for sure. Didn't he, Michael? Yeah. Um, and he had a lot of that Jorge Masvidal comparison with his style. He's just clean. And I still think he's clean. I just think he ran into similar to Rosas where obviously Giannis has much more experience. But these young guys, you get into the UFC, you pull some f- sick wins out of your pocket. You look great doing it. And then you get to face a guy that's just absolutely been there, done that, been through the ringer, been on the top of the top. And Rob Font was ready for a win, right? Yeah. I mean, he took some time off. I think he had another kid. He let his face and everything else heal after a pretty grueling fight. And he he was like, look, I'm going to show this young man how it's really done. Yeah. I mean, I, I really ate my words on that one. I thought, I, you know what? Rob Font being a guy, I mean, I can't call him old. He's, you know, he's, he's no. my age. But yeah. when you go through the two fights with Jose Aldo, and with Cheeto Vera, where you absorb a significant amount of damage over the course of five rounds each time, yeah. like, you know, that, that, that compounds, like we talk about this on the show all the time, the difference between your fighting age and your actual age. And when you have tough fights, it compounds your age when it comes to being a competitor. And, and look, he, he foiled that, that theory because he went yeah. out there and looked so good against a super young, super tough Adrian Yanez. And immediately, you know, when I'm looking at the rankings now, I, I think that we wanted to test Giannis and see where he's at and see if he really is in the top five of the toughest, most talent-rich division in the UFC. I say let's let him take a step back. Let's give him like a Jonathan Martinez. Yeah, that's a tough fight too, though, my God. That is, there's not an easy fight at 135, but I'm looking, I'm like, yeah, him, so you're going to give him Nurmagomedov? That's like, yeah, you know, or, I mean, you know, we don't know what Dom's doing. If he wants to fight again, maybe give him Dom. Uh, but you know, I just this is such yeah. a tough division. I'm just looking I, at the I guys. don't even think Dom, I don't think Dom gets out of bed for that. Or even, then what do you say, Javid Basharat? And you're like, oh, that guy's really good, too. Like, <laughs> no, you're right. There's there is no 
There's no easy path. It's it's like lightweight, man. It was wow. that's how it was at lightweight, right? You remember how it was? I remember yeah. getting offers across my table. I'm like, dude's not even right. I gotta fight that dude. And he's like ranked mm-hmm. nowhere near even the top 15, but he's on like a six fight win streak. It, it doesn't make any sense. And now no. that's bantamweight, dude. That that is where these bantamweights are right now. You know, you can always throw into my teammate Brady Houston if he wins. Two weeks. Yeah, and again, it's another another super fight. Brady's going to be on you like white on rice. So, oh yeah, (laughs) seriously. Tough, tough, tough. It's tough being good. It's tough being good because when things don't go your way, there's no like, all right, we're gonna we'll get you we'll get you a little warm up fight, get you back in the mix. Like, no, sorry, Giannis. Whoever you fight next, it's going to be someone really good, and that's such a big compliment. Yeah, it's like remember when you wanted to be in the top ten, and then you got yeah. there, and you're like, mm. <laughs> "Welcome to the party, pal." <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think I agree. Get somebody below him, maybe not yeah. even in the rankings. Go get a W. But chances are, Adrian Yanez, go take a little nap, get get rested up, yeah, heal up, and get ready to be right back into the grind, buddy. Because you got the skills. You're there for a reason. You just faced another absolute stud, and that is how your career is going to go. Unfortunately. Yeah in the UFC in the top of a very stacked division, but young man, you're a super stud. You're super talented. And uh, yeah, we're very man. excited to have you back. Matter of fact, maybe we should bring you on as a guest. We're I bet we get Adrian him. on Giannis on here as a guest. And yeah, Paul, I agree. I still have believe this yeah. kid's this, the sky's the limit. I think that he's going to be a, a top contender someday. Who knows? And if you get to becoming a stop contender, there's no reason why you can't get your heads on a world title, but he's just got to rest up, recoup the mind, recoup yeah. the body, recoup the brain. Get back Do some meditation. Oh, and bring on round round five, Morgan. Bring on round five. <laughs> we um our way to round five. Oh, this is a fun one. Yeah. How much y'all? Yes. Listen. Let's get right into this. How much do you, as fighters living in this digital age, have to block out the noise of fans on social media before a fight or after a loss? That's the real question. And yeah. how impressive is it that Izzy got to silence all those doubters and haters? Well, it. I, I know that shouldn't be on our mind. Yeah. But Izzy definitely, whether he's going to say it or not, loves the fact that he gets to walk around and all mm. those people have talked all that trash for all that time, including even my even my, myself. He sees me <laughs> like, kick against me. I'll be like, you know what yeah, I mean? Right. Good job. Um, but it, it is brutal. To those that have a regular job or – are on social media just to to see other stuff and be friends. Or if you're one of those people that talks trash, you don't realize how much it's getting into the minds of some of these people. It's all the time everywhere with, with, with people, but you have to really do your best to let it slide off, especially on fight week and things like that. Yeah. you got to learn, Michael. I'm sure you try to do the same thing. Yeah. I got to put that away. I'm not looking at Twitter. I'm not looking at Instagram other than, safe places like okay i'm going to talk to my friends on here but i'm not going to read yeah comments or tweets at me and stuff like that i'll see him but i won't read him like by the time i get to fight week dude my confidence is so high like it just it like yeah. it doesn't don't, register with me the yeah. only time it gets to me and i shouldn't even say this because now it's just gonna oh, like, yeah you're opening the floodgates i fucking hate it with like this whole part of my language Part of this whole last debacle with 287 with kevin lee's stupid ass post and he's like Oh, he has to turn down a fight with me. It's like, dude, I've been in this business for a long fucking time. There's not a single guy to fight with. Whether the fighter says it himself or a fan says it, I'm like, go ahead and count it up your ass. You have no idea what you're talking about. 
You're dealing with a guy that's been doing this for 15 years. I've seen it all. I've done it all. I've won and I've lost. There's not a single fight in the world I would avoid unless it was against Joe Romero. And could you blame me? <laughs> and this, ladies and gentlemen, has been uh, Roundup After Dark pre presented to you. By oh, man, I just gave our editors. They're going to have to get the bleep button. I think that's the most I've ever sworn on this we show. Should, yeah. You know it what? Morgan. But the pre also, I will say, after a loss, it is a little trickier. And you're like, oh, there's just some guys that, like, they'll say something that just kind of jabs. Yeah, but, you know, it's something. Thank you. I am the editor. So um, we're humans, Paul. People don't realize that, yes, we are fighters, but we are humans. And yes. if you're, as a human being, if somebody bantering your family or you or things like that doesn't get under your skin, like, kudos to you if it doesn't. But some of us have compassion, like myself and Paul Felder. Yeah, I, I can't help it. I mean, yeah. I've been I, pretty, I've been pretty notorious you've for. Gotten uh, I've gotten off a couple of times. Some of them are pretty funny, though. Some of them are. Pretty I try good. to be, and that's what I try to do. I try to be amusing yeah. with it so that it doesn't look like it's ruining my whole day, which it isn't. I mean, if I'm making no. a joke out of it, there's other ones though that I won't even bring up that are so just this disgusting that what people can say. Yeah. To uh, it's mind blowing. People um, talk like that are losers at the end of the day. Yeah, you talk right. like that to an athlete or just a human being in general. You're yeah. a loser. I mean, get a life. Get a life. Um, well, that's five rounds. We did that really well. Uh, moving through that, and again, fan, you know, to all the fans there, we're trying to really boost this roundup. We're going to try to get some some guests on. Try to get some fighters who aren't in fight week, so maybe we can have a sandwich with them, do stuff like that. If you guys, have, the fans want to hear more from us, what you'd like to see from this show, how we can make it better. Also, respectfully, put it in the comments, post your yeah. questions, whatever you guys want. Real quick, Michael, do you have anything to say about Masvidal and his retirement before we end the show? Yeah. Or you know, I say, retirement. Well, we don't know what his next move is. It sounds like he's maybe want to step away from the sport and he reserves the right to do so. The man is a pioneer. Uh, his story is one of the best, and he's one of the most genuine, authentic fighters that we'll ever see. And that's rare. That's rare nowadays to get a fighter. You, you, what you see is what you get. I had the pleasure of sharing the octagon with him. I, if I had to pick someone to take, take, put that L on my record, learning from him and him becoming yeah. friends with him thereafter was, was such a blessing. Uh, and I wish him nothing but the best, whatever he does. Yeah. Same here. I mean, uh, Masvidal is, I've gotten the call. I've gotten to call the the famous flying knee knockout. I mean, wow. I didn't say much because I was in shock and awe when it happened. <laughs> I got to call the Darren Till knockout. So yeah. I was kind of along for that epic journey that yeah. uh, Masvidal went on towards, towards you know, I'd say the mid to la la latter part of his career. So whatever you decide to do, Jorge, uh, you're the man, bro. Um, you've brought so much excitement to this sport. I hope you just keep promoting and making money and, creating liquor brands and whatever the hell you have to do. And if you feel like sponsoring around that Masvidal, we would love to have you. Come on, baby. Let's go. Yeah. And he owes me one. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he took your out. He took your, your, your undefeated record. Come on. Masvidal. Come on. We, we need a, we need a sponsor. And I feel like you're the man to do it. With that being said, listen, that's Michael Chiesa right there. Let's wish him the best. Hopefully he gets a fight lined up in the near future. I'm Paul Felder. This is UFC roundup. Post your questions. And we'll get you on five rounds. Peace.